On April 26, 1986, the world's worst nuclear disaster occurred in Chernobyl, Ukraine. Today, we discuss the untold stories of that harrowing day. You're listening to Casual History. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Casual History. I am not alone today. Jacob, say hello. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I might sound a little bit more squeaky because I'm through, uh, I think we're doing this through Zoom call. We are. So uh, we're testing this out to see how it, how it goes. You notice how he said, I think we're doing it through Zoom call because he's never used <laughs> Zoom in his life. <laughs> I I know nothing I've required in this whole pandemic stuff has required me to use Zoom. Funny enough, and so this is like one of the few times I've used it before. Yeah, I'm teaching this old man new tricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's right. For the sake of the podcast, for the sake of the podcast, we're making this happen. And so, uh, if things do fu- sound a little funny, uh, that's just part of the reason. But we're making it work until we can get back in the same room and use audio right. together. But until then, this is how we're going to have to do it. Um, and that's fine. That's right. I'm cool with it. Um, I think we can still tell a, a compelling story, and I think that'll be fun. So you okay. are bringing in the subject matter, and you decided on Chernobyl? I did, uh, mainly because I, um, I'm fascinated by the smaller stories, uh, because obviously Chernobyl is, is a subject that's been spoken about a lot uh and has like its own tv show that's very popular um i know you've seen that tv show i think jeffrey right? i ha- i saw uh, like th- four episodes and then uh the person i was watching with, with was like no nope, i don't want to watch this anymore it's too dark <laughs> it's intense it's pretty intense it's uh but i know most people know the overall story but i was more interested in the little things like since then and there's like a couple unknown things that i had no idea about and uh, smaller stories of those days hmm. because there isn't a lot we know about it uh, from firsthand accounts because for a while they tried to keep a secret right. that it was even happening. So, and now we're starting to shed light on some of those stories. So I thought it'd be fun to come on here, give you a brief overview, obviously of what happened, how it happened, uh, give you a scale and uh, go through a couple of those stories. That'll be, that'll be interesting. I, I don't know again, because I watched the TV show, I have no clue mm-hmm. what they're pointing at trying to say this actually happened. Uh, this conspiracy was actually happening. I, I don't know the truth outside of the TV show. Um, I, funny enough, haven't even watched. A, I don't think I've even watched a real documentary about it um, other than this, yeah. the four parts or the series that I watched four episodes on. So I know the general basis of a nuclear disaster reactor failed or something went wrong and basically mm-hmm. they had to evacuate the city. I remember also when I, do you ever remember hearing about the Chernobyl when you were younger during school and thinking, wait a minute, a whole town being abandoned and there was photos and videos of it. Did you ever do that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember hearing about it in school a little bit. Yeah. That was like, a. I, I remember that's really my only thought from it was I remember doing like doing that right. the whole thing when I was growing up, looked at it, remember it being weird, but I never uh, did any kind of deep dive. 
Yes. And to be honest, um, I don't know the full extent, extended story until now, obviously doing my own research through this um, as well. Mm -hmm. I knew the basics that a town got abandoned because a nuclear reactor failed. I didn't know why it failed. I didn't know the, the more of the important questions of the story, which I thought would be good to uh, share with everybody since it's a very big event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Enlighten me and us. Okay. Well, uh, under, it was under construction in the 1970s, with the first reactor being completed in 1977. I just, uh, not to the, stop you immediately, but I'm stopping you immediately. Yes. That is a, not very far away. <laughs> no, when I read no, 86, I was, that kind of blew my mind, it being I know, that, that close. that seems so right around the corner. But then again, I have a skewed thing of the 80s i'm always like in my brain the 80s was like 20 years ago always yeah it, like it just stays there oh, perpetually man. <laughs> i know <laughs> it's so true but that's just how my mind works with the 80s yeah but yeah no it feels right around the corner yeah with all this um but the chernobyl nuclear power station was named after uh a medieval town nine miles away okay um the town of papyrus was built on the site uh, not just to house the workers and their families, but also to model for uh, the Soviet Union's atomic future. So kind um, of a future city? Four, yes. So they kind of built and it what, up. Like, yeah, what they would look like in the like nuclear future. Gotcha. They thought that this would be their future, the power, power source of the future. Um, but when reactor number four went critical in April of 1986, the pirate was home to more than... Uh, what 50,000 people. Hmm. So there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and so this is where it starts getting into more of, uh, why it failed. Yeah. Which was, there was a, there was a bunch of little factors that led up to it. I think about, um, system backups and different things that I won't get into, but basically it began when they did a systems test for it in the early morning hours of April 26th. It was designed to simulate the transfer of power from steam turbine, turbines to backup generators hmm. in the event of a power outage. Hmm. Um, as the steam turbines spun down, the water flow coolant tapered off. There was an expected rise in the reactor's energy output. Um, the control rods made of boron carbonite uh, were lowered into the core reactor to draw down the output. But Chernobyl's control rods included a graphite tip designed to boost reactor efficiency. So I know you understood every single little bit of that <laughs> and can completely visualize, understand what's going on here science We're going to so. put a photo, um, right? A diagram? Can we put a diagram? <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please put a photo in. Uh, it's hard for me to to know. Like, it seems like such an otherworldly science to me. Yeah. Well, um, so, but just uh, the, the preface is that this happened on a systems check. This wasn't even, it wasn't, was it active at this point? It was just, a, they it were, was active. but they were doing a systems check and was trying to test their backup system. They were running a test. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it said it, it, it led to an unprecedented, uh, um, anticipated side effect. When the control rods were lowered back into the reactor, the graphite temporarily increased fission reactions during the few seconds be between uh, the portions of the other rod being entered into the reactor. Okay. So basically what it just meant is it was unable to cool down the rod enough, and it got to a point where it was unstable And uh, shit during that. a systems test. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And was this anybody's um, – was this a 
built like a, a design flaw or was this just a process flaw of how they were switching it out and trying to do this? I'm, I'm from what I read, it was small little things that led up to this test um, reacting this way yeah, and turning out badly. But uh, I'm sure there was a bunch of little things, but I do think probably human error on them not um, anticipating what was going to happen during this test. I believe they had run this test several times before I had read an article mm-hmm. and it went smooth. But I, yeah, I don't know what exactly went wrong this time, but I think I'm guessing it was one small backup failed mm-hmm. and just led to this. <laughs> um, well, from what I also, again, I'm, I'm basing my small bit of knowledge on the TV show. Um, yeah. Did what was it? tried it was trying to be covered up correct or the the main theory being that this couldn't have happened like wasn't from the tv show again i don't know how on the spot it is but it was presenting the information like it was disbelieved from every scientist generally that wasn't there at the reactor that was around in the city even the people that were kind of specialized in it there was Mm -hmm. a disbelief that this would even happen that supposedly they thought it was kind of flaw proof did you read anything about that? I didn't read their reactions about the actual reactor itself like before this disaster happened, mm-hmm. but I do know that there was definitely a cover-up happening where once this started to go bad, they tried to cover it up as much as possible. Right. Trying to say that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as bad as everybody thought. Um you know, trying to tell surrounding countries that like everything's fine. Because they they could have it could have got from it also could have been a lot worse, but I but from what I heard also I think the total number was two hundred thousand people were displaced um, Mm. within the surrounding areas. I do have some numbers here for you you? as well. Okay, well we we can get into that whenever you want to. I just was going off of that uh, thought of I had um, about the more of the mindset of the the scientists involved supposedly disbelieving that this would even cause a rupture or a break. Um, which I believe ended right. up happening, right? There was a whole rupture that kind of like broke the the, yes. the walls and flooded it or something, or yeah, and actually melted through the building. Yeah, um, these reactor rods. Um, and Ray, but yeah, I still don't understand. I <laughs> either poor I know, teaching, I wish I did, man. poor I understanding, I did or I I just need to take some time to. Act. I feel like we both would understand it if we took an hour or two to understand how it was actually, how nuclear power is sourced. I just don't. So this is kind of uh, outside (laughs) of my, my uh, mind mindset, a mind frame framework, I guess, understanding how when you're talking about reactor rods, I'm like, okay, (laughs) sounds good to me. I think I have, right, exactly. I think I have a little bit of maybe extra knowledge than you do just because I've seen like, um, videos of like inside reactor tubes like yeah. i've seen like videos somehow like here happenstance yeah. not due to this yeah um about reactors in general yeah so i know what these rods look like in my mind mm-hmm. but yeah it's hard to describe um i guess the only way i can describe it is from my understanding is these metal tubes rods being poked through like uh, a tube okay right that are smaller than the tube where liquids around yeah the actual rods themselves but they're meant to like conduct or take heat away. Gotcha. By placing them into this liquid tube. Gotcha. Um, and if we're butchering that, someone who's a nuclear, yes. p- 
<laughs> someone by who, all means someone who's a nuclear uh, what is it physicist what's the what's the title uh I don't know. <laughs> whatever your title is that deals in this area please correct us yeah please um, be sure to let uh, us know you know put us in our place so essentially this um, went bang shit fell apart and melted through right. it was unstable and it could have become a so again when i think of nuclear i think of the bomb nuclear bomb right and you see you in my mm-hmm. you see the image the mushroom cloud i believe it's similar like in the reaction right what what you do for the bomb is just to release the, that energy what obviously nuclear reactors do is try to harness that in small doses yeah so in a small controlled way which is again trying to control something really big yeah um, it's it's a very hefty notion to try to control something, which like makes it. sense. To, I but, mean, the uh, cover up makes sense, right? You're trying to keep if your whole you feel like your country's future is and cities are going to be built around it, and then yeah. this happens. You you don't want this. You can't have any mess up. You want to have the public opinion on your side, type thing. Um, exactly. Interesting. Okay. But uh, but at that point, right? Say we skip to the point. It's failed. Um, there's nothing they can do. This reactor's output spiked to 33,000 megawatts, the equal to the in- annual energy and consumption of New York City. Wow. Um, yeah, causing a steam explosion that destroyed the reactor casing and blew up the upper plating through the plant ceiling. So that's where your bomb came from. Yeah. Um, it was immediately followed by an open-air reactor core fire that released considerable airborne radioactive contamination. Mm. Uh, for about nine days that precipitated into the parts of the USSR and Western Europe, especially uh, Belarus, I think, 16 kilometers away, where 70% landed before being finally contained in the 4th of May, 1986. Yeah. So this thing, like, it literally spewed radioactive, like, chunks into the air, and then acid rained over areas later. Wow. Um, that's a crazy. I'm also not just, I, you're this, the way we're recording this also gives a different kind of plus feature. I have Google up here, right? So as you're, I'm learning yeah. about what you're saying, I looked at another piece of information again, maybe you'll touch on this, but I just thought this was interesting yeah. as I was, it was off of what you were saying that, um, supposedly 34 years later, Chernobyl radio, radioactivity is still circulating and that the long lived yes. radio Clydes, radio and Clydes released by the accident mean the disaster continues decades on. Um, I knew that oh, yeah. that radioactivity lasts, what is it, 100 years, 200 years or something along those lines? I think it's debated, but like everybody, I, every time I saw some sort of comment about like when is it going to be habitable again, uh, it, it would give you a different answer. I saw 33,000 years. I saw um, longer, oh, wow. I saw shorter. That's, but did you know that there are people living there right now, like against illegally, but people are living in that area? Yeah. Uh, farmers that had land there are still tending their farms. Uh, I was just shocked to hear that. Yeah, I mean, your I'm not body that- would isn't isn't it supposed to deform and cause, you know, like essentially death, like a slow death. It definitely it definitely increases your risk of cancer, and it is still apparent in surrounding areas and animals. And like it is still putting off in certain areas dangerous lethal amounts of radiation. Wow! At this point, I also just read something um, really interesting. He says, you know, I guess there was fires that are happening in the area too, 
like you know like forest mm. fires that are happening and have been happening and that this is yes. why in the contaminated contaminated areas the village dwellers living nearby are deprived of the right to use the forest for the next 300 years the exclusion yes. zone surrounding chernobyl nuclear power plant is still 34 years later heavy contaminated um, because the particles the mostly toxic ones um settled in the upper wood or uh, the wood and upper soil layers wow mm-hmm. so any kind so of natural are absorbing this yeah yeah no absolutely it's in it's seeped into everything i was going to get into that i have a couple like crazy facts about the wildlife yeah. and plants and stuff that are growing there as well yeah um what, but yeah wherever you want to no, go from here go for it sorry i just read that i felt like it was an interesting no piece. you're good i kind of wanted to go into um like the radiation levels right yeah my first thought was like okay well what's what is the lethal amount of radiation that a human can take? Yeah. Like, what is that? And what was this comparable to? Because the sun gives um, off radiation, right? Well, sure. There is natural radiation. Uh, the atmosphere blocks a lot of it from space. Um, but there is still natural radiation hitting us, but very small, minute amounts. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why you wear lead um, like plates whenever you take in certain like x-rays. Yeah trying to prevent most of those um, that radiation from reaching your body because you have like a day like a limit mm-hmm. um, you process right but yeah so right yeah. Um, so I was looking at that and it says radiation levels in some areas in the and around the reactor building spiked to 5.6 rotogens that's how they rotogens. describe it yeah uh, per second rotogens so so the human as far as my knowledge, the human like death, like it means death is four rotogens. Okay, so four, reaching four. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna look this up too because I don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was leaking 5.6 rotogens per second, hmm. enough to impart a lethal dose in less than a minute. Wow. Yep, so lethal um, dose of rotish. Ro- okay, I just Google it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just because. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, wow. Okay, sorry, continue. That's right. No, you're good. So, But as a result of the rising ambient radiation levels off-site, a 10-kilometer, which is 6.2 miles, radius exclusion zone was created 36 hours after the incident. Hmm. Um, about 50,000 people were evacuated from the area, uh, pri- primarily from Papyrus. Uh, I hope I'm saying that. I'm not saying that. City it's memory. okay if you're not. Um, we'll, we'll forgive you. We're casual <laughs> historians. We're zone, not casual geography. What, what's, what's the word for being? A- <laughs> I, don't <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, Jeffrey. <laughs> we're, we're casual historians, not casual, whatever the geography. Knowing geography. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, Sound very intellectual. Yes, yes. Continue on, sir. Yes. We're doing great. Um, the exclusion zone was later increased to 30 kilometers, which is 19 miles, um, when a further 70,000 people were evacuated from the wider area. That's a lot of people displaced from their homes. It's a lot. Um, and, and obviously from how it was left, they left all their possessions at that time and literally just took themselves and left. Um, so there's a lot of buildings, hospital, broken down things now. If you walked into rooms, would be almost exactly how they were left um, when they did. It's very a looter deterrent. 
Yes. Like, no, I wonder what was. I, There's still people that get in there. And in fact, it's a tourist generation, like tur- uh, tourist spot right now. How would you, how people, would you do that safely? Is, is there, there are certain areas that are safer than others. Um, and so you're still taking a risk by you're taking increased radiation than normal. Yeah. But as far as like lethality and getting radiation poisoning, um, that's on your own. Um, I have a. I guess there's guides. I have a theory. Well, I have a conspiracy for you. <laughs> okay. What if it's no longer radioactive and now it's just a, a, a I don't know, a, a war base or a base, secret bunker base that is there. They can easily, they have 34 years to build it. Um, mm. Say it wasn't as bad. I'm a little skeptical of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The perfect plan. It's like this is where, yeah, the perfect plan. This is where all the radiation is. Let's build a base here. Yeah. Um, okay, so basically, it's become a tourist zone. But I don't know how that would happen. How would would you risk yourself to go in there? Like, I don't. I'm trying to imagine myself risking higher radiation to go see it. I don't think I would. I personally, if I was personally going to do that, I don't know if I could. Um, I do know that there are plenty of like, I've watched YouTube like channels of explorers and people that are going illegally into that area and like searching abandoned buildings and hospitals. Hmm. And, uh, they have like a little radiation sensor, but again, that wouldn't be enough for me to feel safe No, personally. Yeah. But I do know there are like some sort of like tour tour guides taking them into less radiated parts. Huh? of Chernobyl. Like obviously you're not going to the reactor. Itself. Imagine being a tour guide um, having to do that daily. Sure. Yeah. The amount of radi- extra radiation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, when the reactor explosion happened, it killed two of the reactor operating staff. Hmm. Um, in the emergency response that followed 134 station staff and firemen were hospitalized with acute radiation uh, syndrome due to absorbing the high doses of radiation. Yeah. Um, of these 134 people, 28 people died. Wow. Um, yeah, 28 people died in the days to months afterwards. Approximately 14 suspected um, radiation-induced cancer deaths followed within the next 10 years as well. Yeah. Yeah, how do you get... So, you can't get away from that. Like, And also, once it happens, there's no... There's no Right, like taking it away is there because it it does damage internally, no. and then it's it's yeah. there. It just kind of happens. And what those radiation waves do, from my understanding, is they literally break apart your cells. Mm-hmm. So, which leads to people who have again, this is the most extreme cases that I've heard. But like, obviously, like your skin is your major organ that's keeping a lot of you inside you. Yeah. <laughs> and when those cells break apart, you basically leak. So, yes. So if you can what? imagine the gross <laughs> horror movie shit, yes. Yeah. Um, I read about um, a story about the guy who had the highest radiation levels ever. I heard it was 10,000. Was it around that number? Gosh, I don't even want to say the wrong number. Okay. But there is a story about a guy who was right in front of a reaction that was an accident that he created. And it literally, like... They were they didn't know much about radiation, how to like cure it or how to help Treat somebody it, yeah. in the hospital for it. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of used him as a guinea pig against his will. But yeah, it was excruciating. 
his skin literally like fell off and just seeped blood and like everything inside. I mean, it's gross. It's a horrible way. Yeah. Horrible. It's a horrible way to go. Yeah. Here, all his, his, his uh, insides, like all the inside organs liquefy hmm. because they break apart as well. All the cell at a cellular level. Wow. Like you're talking and even some of these like firefighters, I read a story even just looking in this research about literally like them coughing up parts of their organs. Yeah. Um, it's horrifying. Yeah. I have a, I have a graph um, here, which is kind of just pain scale, which I guess not pain scale, but yeah. it's a typical dosage recorded for those Chernobyl workers who died within a month is 6,000. Um, wow. 10,000 yeah. was where they were fatal within weeks. Um, and yeah. then single dose, which would kill half of those exposed to it within a month is 5,000. It just goes down the line. Um, yeah. and then max radiation levels recorded at Fukushima plant 14, uh, on March 14th, sorry, was 400 per hour. So wow. Chernobyl was at 6,000 was some, some of those workers, um, who died within a month after. Yes, That's and insane. it said by, it is said by one thirty a.m. Local firefighters were already working to put out the fires around the reactor building mm. and on the roofs of the surrounding buildings. Um, although reactor four itself would continue burning over a month. Wow. Um, two full days after the meltdown, radioactivity alarms sounded at the nuclear power station in Sweden, bringing the disaster to the attention of the world. Even as Soviet officials acknowledged nothing worse than an unspecified accident, um, this has made piecing together the consequences of Chernobyl disaster tricky. Which is why I um, within- disbelieve the 34 death mark they have on there. They have 30, supposedly there's 34 people that died. Right. I, we, we don't know. I don't be- Do you believe that number? I don't know. I'm a little skeptical because, again, uh, but basically historians have been reconstructing this based on like declassified archives and eyewitnesses and fading recollections Hmm. because people are still alive who were around this event. Um, obviously, but Oh yeah. I have a quote here from the UN. It's interesting. Okay. Um, it says, um, according to the official right, internationally recognized death toll, 31 people died as an immediate result of Chernobyl while the UN estimates that only 50 deaths can be directly attributed to the, to the disaster, in 2005, it predicted a fourth, further 4,000 might eventually die as a result of the radiation expo- exposure. Yeah. So long-lasting effects of this um, that haven't really even been, I guess, happened yet. I think they were. I think they were saying that like it increased. Um, even just people in the surrounding cities, it increased their cancer, their chances of getting cancer by literally almost like 2% mm. across the board. Wow. Um, Insane. Yeah. Like, yep. Just even if you didn't, you were lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but much of this history has been relayed by more than half of a million Chernobyl liquidators, as they call them. Um, as the Chernobyl employees, firefighter, firefighter, firefighters, <laughs> good lord, Fire. I cannot speak. Fire. Wow, the disrespect. Firefighters, <laughs> okay, I got you, I got you. Soviet Armed Forces soldiers, civilian scientists, and journalists, mm. um, yes, who, who helped mitigate the damage from the disaster itself. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Good lord. We're just going to scrap all this right now. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. Uh, anyways, in the, so they've, for decades, they fought for recognition, um, medical care, and compensation for the immense damage wrought on their bodies and their families by the radioactivity unleashed. Yeah, I would, that would um, be utmost priority. Yeah, same. And how, how, but, how do you compensate that? Like, wh- I, what's I the compensation? Know, like, what number do you put on that kind of radiation exposure? I don't know if you put a number on it. I just think, honestly, you need to, like, whatever medical bill you have taken care of. I know that I sounds like, like a lot. need more than that. But, yeah. I, like, I don't, like, knowing that this is going to affect you, yeah. I don't know how I would family. react. Like, if something would have happened right now, and there's nothing I could do, I just live here. And it right. just happened, and bam! Like, I don't know where my know. mind. Would and be. there's, there's horror stories about like um, mothers, right? Expecting mothers having to give give up their child because scientists feared that the radiation had reached the babies, which would cause defects. Wow. And stuff like that for anybody who was pregnant during the time. Wow. I mean, we're talking also. Um, I think I had a, a whole thing here. Um, while you do that, this is actually a good time, I think, to take a break. We're about at our halfway mark. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. and then we can come back and discuss more um, details that we haven't gotten into. I know there's still some stuff you want to talk about, uh, but I've been derailing him. Um, and so, <laughs> oh, the fun of having two of us and not just one of us now. <laughs> That's right. We're back at it. All right, we'll be back in a few short seconds. And we're back. All right. That's right. That was a good break, Jake. Did you get? It was. Did you it take was a, a deep breather. Break. I needed a breather after that that flub. I needed one. Did you pet your puppy? Did you? <laughs> I did. It gave me some comfort. Gave you some comfort. Um, good. Wow. Um, for every anyone who uh, has made it through that ad break, thank you for sticking with us. Um, if there was an ad, we're sowing our oats there for future ads. If there's not one, um, we just continue talking. Today we're discussing Chernobyl, right. as you know. Um, Jacob is on Zoom, but we're going to get back into it. Um, he's got some good information we're going to get back um, discussing. So go for it, Jake. That's right. We're about to get into all the little things, the side stories. Um, some of the things that are like away from the main part of this story, obviously, that I found very interesting and I didn't, I didn't have any clue about. Um, so I just thought I'd start on some of these Uh I might start. Go ahead and start on the elephant foot. Have you heard of the elephant je- foot, Jeffrey? Okay. You know what that is. This is going to sound horrible. Okay. Okay. But there was a TLC show. Oh no! About a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it's not. Not a person. Okay, but I thought there, there was a TLC show. There is a person show. called the, who is the elephant man that lived a long time ago. That's a horrible terrible story but no, I, thought, I thought it was about. something god's radiation i don't know <laughs> oh my lord okay so how, how much tlc are you watching oh man dude i'm in i've been in by myself I, all i got dude, is tlc no. no i'm joking i don't man I don't the pandemic has not done you all i don't have a t i don't have a uh, cable so all I have is oh yeah you don't no so Netflix and uh, Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. I hear By you. the way, well, I'm gonna you. have a two second John here. Have you watched? Um, uh, there's two shows I think you should watch, uh, both on Amazon yeah. Prime. There's one with Hugh Grant. He came back and did it with 
uh, Nicole Kidman uh, called um, The Undoing. Oh no! Okay, I haven't heard that. Anybody who's listening, this is a there's no promo here. I'm, there's no paid sponsor here. Like we're <laughs> that big. Um, go check it out. It's really really good. I blew through it in one in like two days. Um, that's what I've been watching, Jake, um, over my Christmas holiday. Wow. Nice. So that's good. I just literally just got done watching all the new movies dropping. I watched Wonder Woman. Uh, was it eighty five? Was it good? I've heard bad I think, reviews. I think it's eighty five. Heard bad reviews. It's actually pretty good. Okay. I I had a moment where I teared up at the end, and I've never done that for a super movie. And a super Superman. not Soul. Not you yeah. didn't do that to Soul. I Soul was really good. Soul hit me. Soul I watched very, it again. It was twelve o'clock at night. I watched it, and it hit me in the gut. Uh, Even the score didn't hit me till after. Like there was a couple moments where I was like, "Wow, this this score is incredible." But then after the movie is when it all hit me that I was like, dang, I have to go back and listen to that score again. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, um, yeah, there's so many emotions. I mean, God, Pixar knows how to make you cry. Animation was incredible, um, too. Um, yeah, they've come so far since Toy Story and trying to animate Andy and hide his mom's face. Yeah, yeah, it feels so crazy. like hyper-realism. It's weird. Um but it's really yeah. good. Anyway, back to Chernobyl. That was our bright spot for the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I know. I know, for real. Check out Soul by Pixar. So, Jeffrey, you do yeah. not know about the elephant foot. Thing. I don't. Okay. It's not um, a TLC okay, show, well, so I don't. Go ahead and Google a picture of it because it's really cool, kind of, in a very scary way. Do I have to type um, in uh, radioact- rad- Chernobyl? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, here we go. You just have to type in the elephant foot, um, and it will come up. Okay, um, it's yep. Okay, I think I'm looking at it. I think <laughs> yes. Yep, I'm looking at so it. So what you're looking at is the reactor itself melted. Um, the radio radioactive metals like flowing like lava uh-huh. in a picture in one of the bottom floors of this reactor. How'd they get um, this but photo? After just thirty seconds, after just thirty seconds of exposure, dizziness and fatigue will find you a week later. Uh, two minutes of exposure and your cells begin to hemorrhage. Four minutes vomiting, diarrhea, and fever. 300 seconds and you have two days to live. Being close to this thing. Wow. Um, so that, how did yeah. they get this photo? There's photos of a person next to it taking a photo of it. There is. There's several people close to it. And I do have uh, Why? some updates on those people. Yeah. Again, a lot of the, a lot of the dangers... We're not fully understood when going into it, especially like these like firefighters. Um, so by the fall of uh, 1986, the emergency crews fighting to contain the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl made it into the steam corridor beneath the failed reactor number four. Inside this chamber, they found black lava that had oozed straight from the core. The most famous formation was a solid flow that their radiation sensors firmly told them not to approach. With cameras pushed in from around the corner, the workers dubbed the dimly lit mass the elephant's foot. Um, the elephant's foot could be the most dangerous piece of waste in the world. Um, reports from Chernobyl estimate that the elephant's foot was practically off the charts, putting out 10,000 rotogens per hour. Um, it takes about one-tenth of that to kill a person. Wow. In one hour, the elephant's foot would expose you to the radiation of over four and a half uh, four and a half million chest x-rays. Um, that dose is almost a thousand times stronger than exposures that have been clearly linked to increased cancer risk. 
I also see here because it, um, it will be yeah. radioactive for over 100,000 more years. Yes. In addition to being in it its presence still. for a mere 500 seconds, proves to be lethal in two weeks or less. Yes. Wow. Um, by the way of radiation uh, damages human cells by knocking atoms and molecules out of place, death by radiation is a relatively slow one. Up to this point, treatment helps, but high doses like the kind delivered by close contact to this thing cannot be tolerated. Um, yeah, and this is, I'm, I'm, is this where they tell me, man, that I have a, a little snippet. Oh, right here afterwards. Okay, good. I'm getting to it. There's a little piece of information that I found really crazy about the firefighters and how much radiation they took trying to put out the fire initially. I want to know who, who this and, guy is taking this photo. I see a photo of this guy. Yes, you do. And do we know the guy's name? It. That's from the radiation. Do we know the guy's name? I need to look it up maybe after. Because um, that would be really interesting to see what ended up happening to him, I assume. They both are alive. What? They both are alive. Now, they claim that they weren't in there for long enough. They definitely got... Okay, when they took that photo, Jeffrey, that like, was pop around after the corner. it even died down. Yeah. And that was even when it was died down. Um, it wasn't producing as much radiation as when it initially happened. Yeah. So it was even a little bit lower. But they weren't in there enough to receive a fatal dose. Mm-hmm. But they definitely exposed themselves to a crazy amount of radiation. Yeah, you better have everything ready. There. You're not dilly-dally. You go in there, snap, run. Yeah, they, they, I think they were saying they were in there for five minutes. But even that's what? really long. Yeah. Um, in the room itself. That's insane. Uh, that blows my mind. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. But they're both still alive. Or I don't think they're still alive. I think one of them is still alive today. Okay. Uh, to speak about it, but the other one did not like die from radiation, like you would think. Yeah. Um, he didn't die like a horrible death or anything. Wow. Um, it's a lucky guy. But yeah, but from a safe distance, workers or liquidators, as they were called rigged up crude wheeled camera contraption and pushed it towards the elephant's foot. Careful examination determined that it wasn't all nuclear fuel. In fact, the max was comprised of only its surface cracked, but for years it remained too dangerous to approach. Um, We don't know what happened to the photographers in the elephant's foot photo, but we do know that not every attempt to study it was safe as wheeling in a camera from around the corner. In some photos, we see a worker directly interacting with the mass. Samples had to be taken for information about the foot that was needed. So, okay. So maybe I was wrong. Um, I believe I heard that someone who took that photo, maybe it was the cameraman behind that's yeah. still alive. Yeah. That was around the corner. But even how would you like to be charged with that? Oh, job? yeah. You're going to go yeah, in and take a sample of it. How dangerous it is to you. Um, I wonder if they did. Yeah. But, uh, it says, when this photo was taken 10 years after the disaster, the elephant's foot was only emitting one-tenth of the radiation it once had. Mm. Still, merely 500 seconds of exposure at this level would bring on mild radiation sickness, and a little over an hour of exposure would prove fatal. Yeah. Um, the elephant foot is still dangerous, but human curiosity and attempts to contain our mistakes keep it coming back to it. Yeah, keep um, us coming keep back. coming back to it. Yeah. That seems to be the way, so, isn't it? No matter how dangerous something is, um, there's going to be a slice of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> going, huh? Yep. How do I how do I always. take a bite of that? Still, 
<laughs> I know it's crazy. Interesting. It's just the same people for sneaking into Chernobyl now. Yeah. Not knowing where the hot spots are, and they just want to go like empty house, you know, searching for things. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder. Um, you'd probably so, find pretty cool artifacts of just day to day life right. there. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's like the photos I have seen of people who have gone in there. It's yeah, exactly how you left it, like fully like clothes in drawers. Yeah. Um, medicine out, drinks out, like completely left. Yeah. Exactly how it was left. Um, um I think there are looting and somewhat like people have been in those buildings somewhat. Those items got to be filled untouched. with it as well. So it's probably not yeah. safe to take anything from there either way. Right. But this is this is the story that fascinated me the most about this was the firefighter story. Yeah. Um, which I was trying to scroll to get to because this is mind blowing to me. Um, because the hot debris from the reactor had had set fire um, to the roof of the surrounding buildings, it was a very real threat that the fire catastrophically spreading to the next reactor over the third one. Um, to prevent this scenario. Um, says Zarkov's lieutenant and a few other officers climbed up a ladder to the roof to fight the fire. It'd be the last time he saw them alive. Um, they had no protective clothing or equipment or even to measure the levels of radiation coming at them. Um, the firefighters picked up blazing radioactive debris fused with molten uh, bitumen with their hands so they could chuck it away. After they managed to successfully control the fire, they proceeded to climb into the ruins of the reactor hall where graphite was burning at temperatures of more than 2,000 degrees Celsius. Um, the move put them closer to a put them closer to a lethal source of radiation than even those who perished in the Hiroshima bombings. So, so they did this to stop it from getting worse. And they, from they, they succeeded. They did. They succeeded from it hitting the next reactor over. So talk about heroism. I don't know if they knew exactly their situation, that they were going to die from it for sure, but terrifying. And there was no, like there was, there was no equipment, but they didn't have a choice. Yeah. Is either that or it got worse and turned into an even bigger disaster. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. But on the roof of the turbine hall, they had been exposed to lumps of uranium and graphite which were emitting gamma and neutron radiation at a rate of 20,000 rotogen per hour. Mm. <laughs> around the core, that rate was around 30,000 rotogen per hour. And yet, Zarkov's lieutenant and his men were relieved from their duties at the site only after they had been there for an hour. So this is where it's most interesting. To put that into context of how lethal that is, um, a fatal dose of radiation is estimated to be around 400 rem. So that is an estimated dose to kill you, 400 rem. Okay. Um, or rotogen equivalent man. Uh, is the measure of health effect on low levels of ionizing radiation on the human body. Um, a total of 400 would be absorbed by anyone whose body was exposed to a field of 400 rotogen for 60 minutes. Right. On the roof of the reactor room, the firefighters would have absorbed fatal doses within just 48 seconds. Standing there for an hour would have exposed them to the equivalent of 5,600 years of allowed dosage. So, so when they died two weeks later, their bodies were still so radioactive 
that they had to be buried in coffins of lead with lids welded shut to prevent any chance of latent radiation seeping through the cracks. How did they? Is it not a thing that they'd be bur- their skin would be burned immediately, like touching something like that? Yes, like it, you would, but I, it's a slow. It's not like immediate death. You reach that number and you're dead. Mm. It's you reach that number and then it slowly like you, deteriorates. That your body you can't you take. Not, you can't break it down and process it. Type thing. Yeah, and what it does, it keeps you from creating new cells. So when it bursts your normal cells. There's nothing keeping you together because there's no new cells being formulated to keep up. Wow. So you just deteriorate. Wow. Um, yeah. So imagine how many men was this? Lead three? coffins. Um, what did they say? I, th- I it's thought like there a was like hundred and something. Oh, hundred something men. Okay. Yeah, a lot. Um, um, which leads me to my next most interesting thing, um, which is what I saw this explorer find when he illegally went into the city itself. Um, there's the hotel or sorry, a hospital 126. Um, and it's kind of famous, but it was the hospital where they took the first victims, um, clothing that was radiated, um, are still in the bottom of the basement level of the hospital. Right. So they took the clothes from the radioactive workers and put them in the bottom. Yes. So these firefighters who had got absorbed that much radiation, their clothes also did as well. Yeah. And they were thrown, all of them thrown into one room. And after 31 years later, radioactive clothing continues to lie in the same basement room, emitting about four, I think I'm four R, which exceeds the norms by hundreds of thousands of times. Wow. So in this explorer's thing, he couldn't go in the room because he had a little uh, thing reading it for himself, yeah. right? So he could keep himself out of danger. Could to lead levels. him to it. Yeah, but it led him to it, and the doors open, right? Obviously, um, but he could not like step foot inside; otherwise, he'd risk like severe damage to himself. Yeah, or like. It's one of the most radioactive rooms still in Chernobyl. How do how do you be a nurse in that? See, that's where I don't understand the thirty four number. Mm-hmm. I understand how thirty four people supposedly died when, say, five men came to that hospital, like you said, or three, however many, however many did this, right? They had this exceeding amount. You're passing people. Your your nurses are there to help, like taking you, helping you. That's got to be higher yeah. than thirty four. It's it's estimates. Yeah, you know. And it's, that's the thing. If you're in the surrounding area, if you're around them, if you're touching them, you're gaining how much, you know, how how your body takes that. You know what I mean? If it isn't the lethal dose, yeah. um, all plays a factor. Yeah. And so that's what they're trying to calculate, too, is like, okay, well, if the risk went up 2% to the entire area, you know, how many of those can we clearly connect to the reason why they got cancer is them being in Chernobyl? Right, it's sketchy. It's sketchy at best. Is it? <laughs> See, it's you pretty know direct. People that got, you know, there's people that got sick and got cancer, but they couldn't directly link it to that. That definitely was affected by the extra radiation they received. That's pretty like, crazy. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. You know, there's way more casualties than it's saying because the only way they can document it is if it there's proof of that. Yeah. It's like that, like they go, if they go 56 people died, right? That just means they can confirm 56 people, how radiation works and how it affects everybody is different. And if it's, uh, if 
every person in that area got radiation, you're never going to fully know if that person died early, that person died late, how much that affected their health, you know, their certain conditions, how their body took it. Yeah. Like there's no way to know. There's no way to know. Wow. Um, but it has to be more yeah. in my head. Yeah. It, it would um, seem to be um, for me as well. Also something I think you like, um, there's a, there seems to be a prophecy associated with, um, Chernobyl. From Nostradamus? No. Oh. It's called the Wormwood <laughs> Star Prophecy. Wormwood Star Prophecy. Yes. But in the book of Revelations, an angel predicted a giant star, a Wormwood Star, um, would bring on Doomsday. Like, more or less, that's the gist, I guess. Um, but guess what the name for the Wormwood plant is in this region? Chernobyl. It's none other than <laughs> Chernobyl whose namesake later became the name of the town that fed the power plant. Just seems a little ominous. That's all. So That's the end I mean. of times prophecy relates, to, is it supposed to be an asteroid? Is it supposed to be a, what, what is it supposed to be? It just said a giant wormwood star would bring on doomsday. And if you, if you stretch your, you know, <laughs> uh, nuclear, <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't that some part that's, uh, Help stars start. Yeah, well, you could well, it. well, also it could. You could if that's it. maybe, maybe that's just like a foreboding. That could be the end. Of, that it's gonna just referencing um, uh, nuclear power being the end. Sure, nuclear power again, in our feeble hands. Nuclear bombs, anything <laughs> is the end of the world for again, us. Again, I have my skepticisms about it because again, it's, it's very light. Yeah. Um, but I found it and I was like, Jeffrey likes prophecy. I do. That's why People I did like on Nostradamus. For those who don't know or who haven't listened, <laughs> go check out was, Nostradamus yeah. episode we just did two episodes ago. Right. But I had never heard of a prophecy being associated with this. So I was like, hey, I need to bring this up because yeah. I know Jeffrey will appreciate it. Um, also, you touched on it earlier, the Red Forest. Um, next to the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, uh, those plants and trees suffered the effects of radiation by the accident. Um, pines, which were growing in the site, were burnt from radiation, and they changed their color from yellow to red. These trees contained high levels of radiation, so they were cut down and new forest was planted in its place. But the soil still has higher levels of radiation, and so it is prohibited to go near or into the area of the red forest. Right. So there is a forbidden forest. Yeah. <laughs> around. Well, around I wonder how that affects animals and if animals life is back still um, in there, how that changes um, species yes. at all. I also have some interesting facts about that as well. Isn't there a two-headed deer? I thought I saw a photo of that that's supposedly from Chernobyl. Well, radiation is widely known that, like, obviously when uh, – Something's being created Mutated. that that radiation mutates and can cause higher chances of that mutation to happen. So I'm sure there are, um, you know, mutations happen normally too as well. Yeah. But I'm sure higher levels because of the radiation for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah. So I have a couple interesting facts that I have left that I can just throw at yeah, you. Yeah. Let's and hit see them. We're nearing the end. Let's hit. Let's hit the facts and then wrap it up. Okay, so birds around Chernobyl have significantly smaller brains than those living in non-radiation poison areas. Huh. Random. Uh, <laughs> That's a funny test to tree, do. Yeah, trees living around Chernobyl grow slower than their non-radiation uh, 
irradiated counterparts. Do you know that's how we um, can tell? Oh, sorry, I'm continue. I'll, I'll no, go back to the okay. Well, trees. <laughs> you know that's how we t- yeah, can tell ring. disasters, natural disasters, is through the rings in the winters. And supposedly one of the worst years in history. Um, let me see if I can remember what it was. But basically, we can tell. Um, where where I, where disasters happen by the rings of trees and kind of can by how much growth that tree went through. So if there was an abundance of rain, everything through the great, winter you have to put up a, tell, a bulky yeah. whatever exterior. Then how little, how short shows you how long they needed it for, how little they needed it for, how long the winters right. were. Um, That's true. Yeah, um, it was uh, five hundred thirty-six. Is when I was gonna. Do, I'm gonna do a podcast on it, by the way. But that's part of my. Um, I've have, yeah, I have like a should. few different sto- like threads I have going in my mind where I want to do a podcast on, but supposedly the worst year in history is 536. And a lot of it Interesting. is, uh, through tree analysis is where we can tell a lot of things. Um, anyway, <laughs> huh. well, I, I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cause that's interesting to me actually, because I've, I've been listening to a podcast too. That was like, is 2020 the worst year ever? Right. Cause like, in context. Oh no. Five hundred and thirty six has it has us beat. I did a I watched a right. doc maybe a month ago on it. Um and it would it, it's it has us beat, I think. Um in the worst yeah. year. I'm, there definitely are. There has to be. Yeah. Um any, anyway, um, let's hit the what other facts you got. Yeah, so there are fewer spiders and insects around. Not a bad thing, right? Uh, so yeah. So if you don't like spiders, place for you. Um, game animals, even those that live outside the exclusion zone, exclusion zone, including some caught far away as Germany, show abnormal and dangerous levels of radiation still. Wow. Um, there are the nearest, okay, uh, the nearest town to Chernobyl was the newly built city of uh, Papyrus, whatever one I was talking about. Papyrus? Pap- it will take <laughs> Papyrus. Yeah, so, <laughs> Papyrus. Uh, the font? No, <laughs> Uh, no, not the font. Uh, it will take 3,000 years for that city to be considered safe for human habitation again. Wow. Um, the Chernobyl explosion unleashed at least 400 times more radioactive fallout than the bomb the United States dropped in Hiroshima in 1945. Yeah. Well, hopefully by um, then we'll be able to figure out a way to um, absorb and repurpose. And that's got to be the way. we got to find a way to repurpose that. Right, like if it's radioactive, surely we got to find a way, just like carbon, right? How we're finding ways to recycle carbon and um, that kind of thing. Hopefully, you know me, man. I'm the optimist. Okay, I, I believe that we'll figure something out. That it's like there's a uh, radiation eating material or something we can create. Well, it's that like will it's like we we do, we create something that will end people. But we do we have the fix? We do that with diseases, supposedly. No. Supposedly we do that with diseases, right? That we have these big facilities mm. that create new diseases all the time just to create the anti the anti or the, the solution to it. Um Right. So why mm. don't we do that for <laughs> bombs? Like I don't even know why we need I mean, I'm a I mean, I'm all for, for get rid of them. afterwards. Huh? Yeah, no, you're right. Like um yeah, exactly. I'm all for getting rid of them. Uh, but also, you can't tell me that the military has not researched into, like, if this does happen, how can we mitigate its damage and continue? Well, I'm sure there's... Like, you can't tell Yeah, me. I'm sure there's regulations and there's probably therapies and stuff in place for it. But I feel like it's almost like creating, unlocking a box without knowing how to close it again. And kind of once it's oh, open, yeah. we kind of just expect 
like that. With three, th- this happened from a nuclear power plant. It wasn't a bomb. Wasn't something right that was really devious. But still, this happened, and we don't really have a way to 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 cure it to fix the the land that it's on. We don't have a way to cure it. I just feel like if we're going to create we something so powerful and so deadly, we should also. <laughs> at the same time be able to create an anti you know like a a a, a, a um something to fix it something to come back the responsible thing to do it would be right wouldn't it common sense <laughs> wouldn't, isn't that crazy <laughs> i know if you can create something bad okay, so create we, something good that stops the bad <laughs> i've got one more thing to tell you because uh you brought this up as well yeah. the world health organization estimates about thirty thousand deaths be attributed to the Chernobyl disaster directly. Okay. Over 7 million people have been exposed to radiation from the accident. Wow. So out of those 7 million, you tell me what uh, like applies as officially the reason why someone dies early or doesn't or it affects their life. Yeah, it has a mutation or not. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, this Huge has been scale. a good podcast. I, I'm glad this whole worked out. Thanks for bringing the Chernobyl subject up. It's been something I've been watching, and I'm probably going to go back and finish now the HBO series. Um, yeah, this has been an interesting one. So thank you guys for sticking with us as well, because we are remote and not in the same room this time. Yeah. Uh, so this is definitely an interesting. I still felt setup. the flow. Uh, ho- I still felt it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we can find ways to improve it if this is going to happen more often. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can get back in the same room though um, here soon. I'm confident of that. So. Looking forward to more podcasts where, you know, we can interact with each other, not through a screen. Yeah, definitely. Nice. There's always a bit of a, a a glass wall, but I enjoyed this one all the same. Thank you guys for listening. Um, just as a last minute plug, we do have social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Casual X History. Um, we post, we're posting a lot of cool uh, mini stories and subjects on there um jake has been posting different articles he finds um i we've also been creating these separate one minute um stories just interesting stories really cool um visual pieces as well um so that's been fun to do on top of these podcasts that we do every sunday um yeah just thought i'd put that in there before we sign off any other last words jake I don't think so. Thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate it and bearing with us during this time, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just appreciate everybody who listens. Like this is uh, kind of our baby <laughs> that we're just trying to grow and have fun with. So we appreciate you uh, being here during the growing pains because it's going to get better. I'm excited for that. And we will see you next time. 